Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football Social Daily. Premier League Review. Marco Silva on the precipice. A late hammer blow for the Everton boss as Leicester reassert their title challenge. And with the Merseyside derby next up for the Toffees, is Silva's position now untenable? If time is up for Marco, he'll be the third manager to bite the dust in the space of a week. Unai Emery gone, and Arsenal still couldn't beat Norwich despite him. Kike Sanchez-Flores gone. Watford stunned by Southampton in a battle at the bottom. So what next for the Gunners and the Hornets? The title race was also further stretched this weekend. Newcastle United holding Manchester City, but Van Dijk's double ensured Liverpool opened up an eight-point gap at the top of the Premier League table. This is Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. If you are new, thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. Seven days a week, we'll have news and opinion for you from the best league in the world. Great panel of guests for today's show. We've got Alex Hilton. How you doing, How you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, not too bad. How's life uh, behind the bar, mate? How's pub life? It's all right. It's good fun. I'm loving it. It's uh, it's the best bit to get to watch all the football now. I've got it all on Sky in front of me. No excuse. You should be clued up then. (laughs) Exactly. Everything that's going on. Um, We've got Adam Brown as well, Exus Manchester Breakfast Show presenter. Oh, hi, mate. I'm good. Um, You've been having a little dabble at uh, pouring pints yourself this week, haven't you? Oh, yeah, but it's not for me, clearly. I'll stick to (laughs) being behind the microphone, mate. Customers would be fuming if I was pouring pints full-time trust me <laughs> uh, we've also got Dave Scott aka our kid hello Dave how, how you doing? doing man yeah good cheers how's life on the music scene yeah life on the music scene is pretty good but my missus has been away for last week and so I've had the three kids driving me mental so I'm looking forward <laughs> to getting back on stage to be honest <laughs> back on stage get all that anger out there of course we're here to talk about Premier League football and what a weekend it's been some turmoil for you Marco Silva and that's where we're going to start Everton lost 2-1 away at Leicester which many people thought would have been a formality before the game but as the game Went on, Everton took the lead, Leicester came back into it, but it was that crucial late winner from Kelechi and Acho which snatched the points for Leicester, ensuring their title challenge stays well on track. But I suppose, Alex, the key talking point here is Marco Silva's position as Everton manager. It was questioned before the game. They've got Liverpool next in a Merseyside derby midweek. 
Well, I mean, does he deserve to keep his job? I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? I mean, talk about a sack race. It's a sack sprint this season. I mean, if you <laughs> thought this time last week that Marco Silva would not only A, still be in a job, but B, that would have been two sackings before him. It's one of those which clearly not working. That, that He seems to have lost the support of the fans very, very quickly. Um, the dressing room don't seem to be playing for him. You're not seeing, like, big fight backs and, uh, that you sort of see maybe at other clubs where managers have been under pressure. Um, it does feel like it's a matter of time. Uh, who Everton would go and get there's no obvious immediate choice but I'm sure there's managers in the championship to have a look at I'm sure there's probably someone we've not really heard of in, in Europe that's doing big things they go and find but something needs to change at Everton because it's the same season they have every year where they seem to have quite an exciting transfer window a few players come in you think oh Everton going to look alright and lo and behold it gets to November and they're halfway down the table you're thinking well what, what actually is going wrong there because yeah. they've, they've got a good squad there are, there are good players in that team there's some young players there to be excited about but it just doesn't do really clicking for them and yeah. ultimately it's a results business and I don't see Marco Silva turning it around. I teed off on Marco Silva on the podcast earlier this week, Adam, and I said, I don't know how he keeps getting jobs. And I said, if he gets sacked from Everton, that's it. He won't get another job in the Premier League. But we were just discussing before we came on to the show that he just seemed to have this knack of just getting jobs, whether it's the gift of the gab, so to speak. The old Dorian Gray, you know, seducing <laughs> uh, seducing Premier League CEOs. He has got a knack of just being able to bounce back into another job. I mean, if that Watford job does come up, hmm, don't be surprised. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the sort of thing that could happen with him because you look at his track record in general um, uh, in the Premier League, he did get relegated to Hull. Like, people forget that. He had a shot. He wasn't great, but he got him playing marginally better football than they had been playing. But for me, I think they've if they are going to fire, you know, sort of pull the trigger, so to speak, I think it's six weeks, maybe even more, six weeks too late, I think now. I think they should have gone, when there was the whisperings of him uh, going sort of, you know, a couple of months back, I think they should have done it then. Sort of, rather, Because yeah. I, I don't think, even even when the whisperings were happening, I've not seen that much of an improvement. Yeah. I and mean, there's a, a result a couple of weeks back where it was like, he kind of got a last minute winner. Yeah. Of, oh, he's... But I just, I don't think they it's do, been... Di- they differ, don't they, Everton? Over the last few seasons when they got rid of managers, like when Allardyce went, you knew it was coming, but it did seem to be, they, yeah. pro- they prolonged his sacking for a long time. When they were pursuing... And Koeman, the same. Yeah, exactly the same. But when, um, when they were pursuing Silva, it's like, I couldn't understand what the admiration was for it. I've got a lot of friends that are uh, toffies, and they were saying, he's the one, he, he's going to take us on to the next level and stuff. And it's, again, it just fell flat on its face. And you know, At the start of last year, there, there were some, and I'm, I'm sure not all, but there were some Everton fans talking about top four. Yeah. And they had half an argument. They, they, some, they brought in some crack players mm. you know and this year oh, the, the young lad whose name briefly escapes me Moise oh, Keane Moise Keane uh, you know and everyone's going oh he's going to like the Premier League where's he gone well, <laughs> you know a player like that you want to get them playing football you want them to be excited and I, there's no excitement in that Everton dressing room you'd uh, sack him before the Liverpool game though wouldn't you if it was me because you're looking for a, a sort of response and you look at I mean, they might not have someone to go in there but if, if, he, had, if he has lost the dressing room then you'd hope that there's just one by, game yeah, by, by, by getting mm. rid of him that you'd have some sort of uh, reaction to him yeah. going and sometimes you do get that kind of that you know you get that galvanisation of you know as soon as the manager's sacked I mean we've not seen it with Arsenal today as such but you know sometimes the players want to prove because they think actually if a new manager's coming in we better show that we actually want this yeah. now so you might get an element of that and I certainly if they are going to do it You've got to get rid of him before the uh, Liverpool derby for me. But where'd you go? That's the that's question. The what, what, that's the thing. There's no one really yeah, available. I mean, who? Do, what is it now for Everton? Is it there's enough time in the season for them to get someone progressive in who can get them playing good football and up the table and closer to those European spots, like Europa League I'm referring to here? Or do you go for your firefighter manager, someone who puts out a dangerous situation? Because let's face it, the form that they're in, it's relegation form. Yeah. And with the players they've got, they shouldn't be down that close to the relegation zone. So David should... Boys. 
You think he'd go back? I, I, I think he'd go. Well, he's out, he's out of work, and I think he'd be, he'd be he'd look forward to go there. I think not all the Everton fans would want him. It might not be on a permanent contract, but to see it through to the end of the season, you're talking about firefighters. Who else is there? Not, they can't go back to Big Sam. No, no one would. Imagine, can, you, can you imagine him rolling into good? Happy Christmas, lads. <laughs> but, it's, but it is a familiar kind of pattern again, isn't it? Because it's exactly the same as what happened last time when you get the sort of the interim kind of manager. It was the you know the firefighter kind of manager will come in and sort of see him through to the end of the season, and then if they did bring David Moyes in, he's not going to be the long term solution unless he's a mate. He could go in and be amazing, yeah. and then what do you do then if he's really good? Do you keep him on next year, or do you go? No, for I'm a, a United fan. It doesn't yeah. work if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was. He, you know, but to be fair, at Everton, his record was all right, wasn't yeah. it? We mentioned before that Alex runs a pub, and we were joking before we started the podcast that you might start pulling pints of gravy through your pump as well. <laughs> <laughs> Big Sam's your first customer if you need one. Um, if he gets another Premier League job, I will have a pint of gravy. I can sell you that for free. Uh, but then again, let's talk about Leicester though. We have to commend them. They got the job done. It was tough against Everton who knew that their manager would probably be in peril if they didn't get the result. They didn't. Marco Silva's face, he looked absolutely broken which is a, a complete contrast to what we saw from the Leicester bench where they were all piling on top of each other Complete scenes, Bedlam on the bench, and again, they've, they've firmly asserted themselves in the title frame. Uh, it's astonishing what's happening at Leicester. I, I don't know why Marco Silva's so gutted either, because A, he's lost to a very good team, and I think Leicester have got that inevitability about them at the minute, they're going to pull results out. But B, Marco Silva does seem to get sacked and then walk into a better job. So this time next week, he'll be holding the Arsenal shirt, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so I don't know what you're worried about, Marco. It's, it's sort of happy Christmas. I, I live in Leicester, so I'm surrounded by uh, Leicester City fans all the time, and they are very, very excited. There's a momentum about it, and there's a belief in Leicester. Leicester is it's an underdog city. It's a tiny, small little city. I think it's the 11th biggest city in the UK, often forgotten about. Uh, and the, the, it's, it's not a particularly um, well-off city. I think it's one of the second or third poorest city in England. And it's a city where people, they're very, very humble about it. And I think that even the 2016 season, Leicester sort of take that and appreciate that and hold it for what it's worth. And this year, as opposed to other clubs that are perhaps in the title race that get almost expected about it, as a Manchester City fan, I think we're certainly... Um, a bit too, it's a bit too eager to tell the City fans to actually appreciate how good we've got it. Leicester, there's not, there's no assumptions. They know that every single week it could all fall apart, and they know that there are two or three injuries. They know that if Schmeichel gets injured, if Vardy gets injured, if Kakalasuinchu gets injured, they know it could all fall apart. There's no arrogance into every game, and that's exactly what you want in their position as an underdog. There's no pressure on them. They know it can all fall apart. There's no expectancy, but there's so much belief and so much positivity, and. The only other team in the league that have got that is Liverpool. Everyone's said every week about Liverpool. They seem to just pull it out. They seem to, whether it's through a VAR or a penalty or whatever, Liverpool just gets a result and you know it's coming. When you see Liverpool are a goal down on 70 minutes, you know yep, you yep. know how it's going to end. You know they're going to pull it out some way or the other. And Leicester have got a little bit of that. Yeah, When they were 1-0 down at half-time to Everton, I know because of Everton's record, but you think, you know what? Vardy will do something. And that's an amazing attitude to have for what is effectively a mid-table club. Uh, and, and that's why Leicester will be in the conversation uh, as long as anybody else this season. Because think, Manchester City don't have that. I think Frank Lampard's Chelsea are probably, they're not the finished article, they're not in the title race. Uh, and then it, Manchester City seem to be doing everything they can to, I mean, what is it? Is it, what, 17 or 18 million points that Liverpool are ahead now, it feels like, <laughs> you know. It's funny as well, you're talking about Chelsea. It seems that every club that Frank Lampard is going to manage is going to be referred to as Frank Lampard's club. <laughs> like Frank yeah. Lampard's Chelsea, <laughs> Frank Lampard's Derby County. Just change the club name to Frank Lampard. Um, but this happened in 2016, Adam, when they won the title. And I was thinking, oh, they'll, they'll lose a few games. They can't carry it on. And every single week, 
They just kept winning and winning and getting results and getting results. And Ranieri was saying, you know, you know, we're just taking every game as it comes. You know, the old cliche as it yep. goes. But this season's got a, a weird sort of familiarity of that of a couple of years ago. It has because also the, the teams that you'd usually expect to see doing well aren't doing well as well. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, Chelsea, you know, kind of they're in transition and all the rest of it. Arsenal have had a shocker. You know, Spurs have gone through a really bad start to the season. Mm. You know, let's see what Mourinho does now. But, you know, there's been the opening for Leicester to almost be, other than other than City and Liverpool, and, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, City have dropped back quite a bit, you know, from some bad results. But there's been an opportunity there for Leicester to, to be kind of trying to get as close to Liverpool as they possibly can. But I think if they can keep it up, and again, let's see what happens with the appointment that Arsenal make and how well Mourinho does, which I think he'll do quite well. I think there could be a shout to actually get the Champions League football this season. I honestly think it can I, happen. I think you're right. Yeah. And I said at the start of the season, this is a really good opportunity for someone to crack that that top four because you've got, aside from Liverpool and Manchester City, who I think everyone knew were going to finish one and two, we still don't even know if Manchester City might finish two at this current rate. But... I mean, Spurs, we knew that maybe things started to fracture there. Chelsea, a team in transition, as Adam says. Arsenal, not quite there. Manchester United equally with a bit of an overhaul. So Leicester, fair play to them. They've taken that ball by the horns and they look like the ones that's going to cement themselves in the top four. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think they will. Uh, I-, I think Mourinho will do something at Spurs, but I think it might, and Arsenal might push on, but it might be too little too late. But you're talking about the, the sort of belief that they've got from from winning the league previously. That will hold them in good stead. And I know if anyone's going to throw away a league, a league lead, it'll be Liverpool, <laughs> but I just can't imagine it being 11 points. But I think I really think they'll push City for, 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 for second place. I think the weird thing about Leicester as well is the year they won the league, it had no real effect on like the size or status of the club. And actually, I think if anything, it put them on the map in terms of like world football. And I think you know the stories it made sort yeah. of across America and everything, and the whole world was like fell in love with it. But actually, in terms of their ability to buy players and what have you, nothing happens. Dare I say that Leicester will be better off finishing in the top four and looking strong this season than they would be to win it because when they won it I think all the top players go well that's a fluke that's never going to happen again and they whereas jump you, ship yeah. Yeah. whereas yeah. you finish and then all the players they've got now Madison goes a big contract somewhere you know maybe Schmeichel goes into Europe and you think like Kaglar who's I think like 22-23 yeah. uh, gets, a, gets a big move uh, players like Perez that have looked um, you know twice the player that he was at Newcastle looked pretty good there you know and Didi and all these players that will be so attracted to big clubs should they win the league mm. actually they finish second or third this season you should go. Oh, there's a project here. We're yeah. going somewhere, and it helps you bring in those top yeah. four, those top four Champions League players. Because Leicester are that, that first eleven. It, it is a top four side. Talk they, about they can be anyone. So quickly there, Brendan Rodgers is being linked with the Arsenal job at the moment. Freddie Jumberg's taking charge uh, interim over from Unai Emery. <sighs> is Rodgers going to jump ship? Why would he anyone? Why would anyone Celtic. go to Arsenal? What? What is it? He did it from Celtic to Leicester. Is is. It's a London job. We know Brendan Rodgers likes the idea of a London job, well, but he's building something special with Leicester, it feels like. Do you f- think f- he will First off, is, is Leicester is a bigger job than the Celtic job, full stop, is it not? I mean, first off, Leicester playing a league people watch. Like it's, I think that's the draw. And <laughs> also, it accompl- accomplished, no disrespect to Scottish football. I love Scottish football. That's That was me being harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to watch Hibs every year. It's a great <laughs> league, right? I do. <laughs> I saw him play Morton. It was a 5 3. It was a classic macaroni pies uh, at £2 in Scottish football. It's great. You're missing out. But, um, but I say that as a fan of Scottish football. The Premier League is way bigger. Leicester, there is a project there. He'd, he'd won everything up there is to win in Scotland. It was done. And I think the inevitable was going to happen. He was going to move to, to a club that played in a bigger and better league. And, and that's unfortunate. And I think that hurts Celtic fans. Difference is Leicester and Arsenal play 
in, in the same division. I think uh, Leicester City have are one of the richest clubs in the league. They have the power to give a new contract. If I was Brendan Rodgers, I'd go for the interview. I'd go and meet. I'd shake a few hands and I'd go out to Leicester and say, I'm really interested in the Arsenal job. I'd like another 50 grand a week. And that's that's the way it works in football now, isn't it? Is you, you get a new contract. He deserves that. He's doing a great job. But why would you go to Arsenal? There is a, the, the most expectant fan base in world yeah. football. There's so many fans there who thought that, oh, Wenger's gone. It's all going to be rosy again. That's not how it works. It's going to be a well, four or five year rebuilding job. A twenty odd year legacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and, and there's, there's so many players there from the Wenger era. There's so many weird signings from this interim period. The next manager's got to go in. You've got to fight a fire. You've got to appease a fan base that will definitely be divided on who the best choice is. So you're not going to go in with a unanimous fan base behind you. You're going to go in with about sixty percent who think you were yeah. the wrong man. Mm. Then you've got the boards that only really seem to care about profit at Arsenal. So okay, I suppose there isn't that pressure there. But ultimately. Why would you go? You're set up to fail. If you're a manager, one of the, and it's the same with the Spurs job. If you're a manager with uh, who's been at big clubs, but you can't get to the absolute top, then maybe you'll go to Arsenal and you go, I'll take the payday and maybe it'll turn out all right. But there's a reason that the actual top managers, they're not going to go and get a manager that they might have done six or seven years ago that wants to, wants to be at a Champions League club because they're not anymore. They look like a Champions League squad. Uh, w- w- the next three years, honestly, as a football fan, Niall, who's going to have a be- who's going to have more fun? Leicester City fans or Arsenal fans in the next three You'd years? You'd have to say Leicester, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, of course you would. Um, and Arsenal fans would have been disappointed travelling to Norwich today, Adam. They drew two-two uh, with Norwich City at, at Carrow Road. I think they might have thought, well, if there's one game we get rid of Emery and we go into with this new manager bounce, you know, that everyone talks about, it would be a team that's fighting for their lives down the bottom and you'd expect Arsenal to pick up three points there. It didn't happen. And the same signs of frailty they showed late under the Wenger tenure, under the Emery tenure, and now under one game, albeit of Ljungberg's tenure, it's defensively again. That's where they struggle. I mean, how long have we been saying about Arsenal to sort the defence out? Ten, year, ten years, maybe. <laughs> every totally Adams. And they still won't buy it. They didn't buy it. They've not really bought anyone. I mean, you've got players there that... They should have been shipped out long, long, long ago. Even be- when Emery came in, he should have made them changes. Wenger should probably should have made the changes in the, in the later years of, of his sort of reign there. They've got some big, big, big calls to make, I think, now. Whoever comes in and does take over the job. I mean, you're hearing all kinds of names being being linked to the job. I agree with Alex. I don't think Rodgers, he'd be stupid to take the job. Um, I mean, the thing is, when Rodgers went into Leicester, you had the framework there still from Ranieri. I know, Cla- you know Claude Puel went in and had a bit, kind of a weird couple of seasons, but he still essentially had a really, really good, solid team there. And then he, he's obviously bought really well as well. He's brought these players in and the balance has been really good. And also he lost Maguire as well, but he's still doing amazing. But, but getting back to Arsenal, it, it didn't look any different today. I watched the game earlier on and just, I mean, they've got great players. Aubameyang, brilliant. You know, going forward, one of the best strikes in the Premier League. Single-handedly rescuing my fantasy team. Yeah, as well. he's absolutely, <laughs> and he is quality, but I don't know where they go. Whoever comes in, I don't know. It's almost, it's back to the drawing board stuff for me when you watch Arsenal now. And uh, I think it's, it's, it, it, it really it, is. Can they it needs, it needs similar... three years, but you'll never be allowed three years. Can no, they that's, that's the problem. Yeah. It's the same, it's the, I was a bit harsh on Spurs before, because the, the Spurs, it's, it's the... You can pick up where Pochettino left, so I think there, there's a reason for a manager to want to go to Spurs. I think Goodison Park would be a, a more attractive place for a job than the, um, the Emirates would be in terms of what what you can expect. And like you said, the expectant fans they just want everything here and now. And Spurs have not won anything, so to watch Mourinho buys himself a bit of time just based on that because their expectance level isn't so much. 
But there's just it's a bunch of talented people at, at Arsenal, but there's no leaders and there's nobody wants to get play, play dirty football at all. They all want to mm. play all the sexy stuff, and it's just. Arsenal, I, I like laughing at them, to be honest. Arsenal fans have made me pissed. But <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal TV is a comedy. Can Arsenal fans expect a similar exodus to what we've seen at Manchester United in the last three or four seasons? Uh, I think there's quite a few similarities. I think Wenger had glossed over a lot of problems. It, and I don't know, and towards the end, so let's say last three years or whatever, it, it really showed. You can only, only gloss over it so, for so long. Um, I, I, I think there's going to be a bit of a, almost a Man United-esque kind of, thing going at Arsenal regardless who they get they've got to back that person and let them have like Alex said you know three years well, the problem with it is because they've had success you know in the early 2000s the fans have that expectation but they've the, the, the board haven't backed the manager they've not spent the money and when they have spent it they've not spent it very wisely either and also when they were moved to the Emirates they were promised that they were going to compete for big yeah. trophies and it's just not happened no so uh, you can understand the frustration of the Arsenal supporters. Really will be interesting to see how Ljungberg gets on and who actually might come into the Arsenal job at the end of the season or maybe for the rest of this. Uh, Arsenal drew 2-2 with Norwich, but let's talk about the Canaries. A good point for them, uh, but they're still 19th in the Premier League relegation zone on 11 points. Southampton beat Norwich as well in that relegation six-pointer down at the bottom on Saturday. We'll talk about that in a second. But Norwich do have Southampton next, so another huge game for them next up. Um, how crucial is that point against Arsenal I imagine they would have gone into the game trying to win it of course every team does but against Arsenal they probably would have taken a point before the start of the game yeah I think so but I think they're probably kicking themselves that they, they, they lost because they were leading 2-1 for the, to, up until the end and Obama yeah. yeah. Um I think the Southampton, Southampton Norwich game will probably be a six point I don't think there's enough that Norwich have got they, they, they were probably played the I know Sheffield United have had a good season but in terms of what they were doing on the pitch I thought Norwich played the best football going forward uh, out of the newly promoted teams but they didn't. They never had a plan B. Or, and if they, aren't, if they aren't scoring goals down that 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 low in the, the the table, then I think you're going to be knackered. To be honest, I can't see Norwich turn it around. I can't personally, but I mean they'll they'll take some moniker of confidence out of a point against Arsenal, won't they, Adam? Do you think? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I totally agree. They do. They're actually not bad going forward. Um, and to be fair, they've kind of kept their sort of style of play that they played last season and they've been quite true to it. I don't know if he knows another way of playing as well, to be honest. I think that's kind of half of it, to be fair. But I'd take that, the point's a good point for him. They're good at home. I mean, they beat Manchester City at home. They, they, they dominated Arsenal in terms of, well, it didn't dominate Arsenal, but they gave him a good run around and I think they were Luke's favourites to win the game when it was 2-2. And you think that there's definitely that fire in them. They're great going forward, but the big challenge is going to come in January because whoever comes in at Everton, Timu Pucky, is the most Everton January <laughs> challenge. He scored, he scored a goal against Arsenal, which is his first since that win over Manchester City for Norwich. So yeah. if you're going to find form, when you're going into the festive period, when there's a hell of a lot of fixtures... That's when you want to start finding the back of the net, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it, this run of games where most teams are going to play seven or eight yeah. times um, in December, you want to get that little bit of belief back. Um, but I, I personally, I think he, he will be a player that a few clubs look at because he's proven that he can do it when the team plays around him. Um, uh, you know, but if or, you're Pookie, you go, don't you? Of course you do. But I mean, at the same time, that would just destroy Norwich yes, yeah. in terms of their chances of staying up. Yeah. But you've got to look at it long, long term because they'll obviously get a decent... Like what they paid for him, they'll, they'll probably treble that, won't they? So, so if they know they're going down... Well, they got him yeah. on a free, so... They, yeah, they so well, exactly, yeah, exactly. So, so they've got to think the, the, the long game in terms of if we're going down, that money could be reinvested in the squad to come back but, up. They've got a good. They've got some good young players as well. I think, I think they were, if they go down, they'll probably end up losing them. Like Aaron's is good and Cantwell scored against... Aaron's is a great player. 
Cantwell scored mm-hmm. against Arsenal today, and he's looked good as well. So, uh, th- th- I just think that they've not been able to attract the quality of players to keep them up. Well, That's they, the problem. I've said it all through the season. They've spent a million pounds in the summer. Yeah, and it, it's just, and I'm not saying the Premier League it's rags to riches sort of thing. But if you don't spend, I mean, you can't spend that little. Yeah. And expect to stay up. So there was a theory... even Sheffield United broke their transfer record four or five times yeah. in the summer to well, stay up. There was a theory around Burnley the first time that Burnley came up that their board at the time was mostly made up of local business people, but basically people that weren't billionaires that own football clubs, and there were people that are bought into the local club and they'd seen Burnley grow slowly and they'd somehow by accident got into the Premier League. And there was the, the idea was that once you start throwing money around in the Premier League, if you're Burnley, they knew they were probably going to end up going down. So we don't want to throw any money around. All your squad are championship footballers. No one is knocking on the door demanding a new contract that first season because they all want their one shot at playing in the Premier League. And they know that if they say, oh, what a brand new contract, you're going to go, well, see you later then. Off you go, because we're going to the Premier League and we'll leave you behind. And it sort of feels like that, they, that, that, that first time around, Burnley were quite happy to have the 90 million We'll all pocket that. We'll make a massive profit. We'll go back down with our championship squad, our championship wage bill, and that'll be a nice tidy dividend that we don't have to worry about it. They went back down to the championship, used that money, invested a bit widely, and came up with a Premier League infrastructure and have now had something like five, six years in the Premier League. It feels it's a little bit like that at Carrow Road. As far as I'm the aware. the board will spend a million pounds, they'll become a team of youngsters, and they'll go, yeah, the club's going to make a massive profit. Hopefully they use that to invest in you know, facilities, youth projects, whatever, and a couple of... Premier League level players for next season the championship that said this yeah. season is so open you're, you're four games away you're four games away from being clear of the relegation zone and this is what is mad about uh, Potts getting sacked at Spurs they were five points off fifth they were, they, were, they were two wins from being in fifth place like, which again is below the land level Spurs should be aiming for it runs for. deeper than that though doesn't it because it's the same with Pellegrini at West Ham it's the same Pellegrini. Like everyone's talking about how West Ham are in crisis they're not this is one of the tightest Premier League seasons there have been since it was formed. Like It's like the Championship. Two or three wins, you're flying up the page and you're flavour of the month. And it, it, the, the, the fine margins of the Premier League, the amount of games that are going by one goal, but that's... You, you, you could be really three or four goals away from being the best thing since sliced bread. Yep. And equally, the other end, we're talking about Norwich. We're still talking about how great Norwich has started. And yet, they're up 19th. It I can happen what, so I, quickly. I, I, they're only three, three points saying. off Everton. Norwich. I get what you're saying, yeah. but you can't lose five games in a row and say that you're only, oh, we're only five points from fifth. You've lost five games in a row. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and in the context of the table, great. But in terms of any other Premier League season, you, you, you're adrift. Yeah, in the context of any other Premier League season. But this isn't any other Premier League season. And, and ultimately, when you lose five games in a row, absolutely, this is when you, you have a real serious... Yeah, look at it and you go, right, what we're doing wrong, what needs to change? But I think you've got to look in real terms over the course of the season. It, it, to use, get your hand over the cliche belt, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you, on the first corner of the London Marathon, Mo Farah gets overtaken by someone in a dinosaur costume, he doesn't pull out the race. He looks at it and goes, right, what have I got? I've got however many Olympic medals. I've got it in me to actually go and win the marathon and beat, you know, the dinosaur, the old woman, the, you know, the guy that's running it for a charity, whatever, all those guys. And actually you think <laughs> over the course of a season, all right, I've been overtaken, but I'll do it. This is so, I'm so, I am the, so Alan Partridge. You, you, you use the example of, of Manuel Pellegrini, though. Manuel Pellegrini's like wheeling Roger Blackout to run a marathon after however many years when you've got Mo Farah, who's an Olympic champion, running with him. It's that sort of thing. And it's just sometimes the glove doesn't fit. And I think you get that with some managers. I think, you know, for instance, with Pochettino, he got sacked, I think, because the signs were there and the relationship between manager and board broke down, perhaps. 
and these <gasps> but, things happen. But, it's so, not but, as but simple both, as going, oh, Poch, we're only five points away. Both Poch and Pellegrini have both shown that, A, the glove does fit. And it not only does it fit, it fits very well and it's warm and it's cosy. And sometimes you put your hand cartridge. into the glove... <laughs> I'm just embracing it now. You put your hand into the glove and it's worn away, but you can get gloves repaired, Niall. Gloves can repaired. And it's those gloves that they become favourite gloves when you've been through tough times. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm about to back up and say, because when you get new gloves, they don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not falling. I'm sorry, them. but, no, but it is fa- <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It's fashionable to have gloves that only last you two or three years and not 22 years or 25 years. That doesn't happen anymore. Oh, you see, this is... This is the problem, man. You're obviously part of the throwaway culture. I'm like, keep it and go. <laughs> I'll throw you away in a minute. I'll throw you for sure. Right, let's talk about let's talk about Southampton against Watford. Um, Watford threw away their manager the second time this season. They panicked and sacked Javi Grazia. I'll give you that. Have they panicked and sacked Kike Sanchez Flores, or was it a panic in pointing him in the first place? I I, I don't know what, what what's going on at Watford. Um, I don't think Watford it, know what's going on at Watford. I mean, the amount of managers they've had, um, it's it's getting ridiculous. I mean, what do they hope to achieve by getting rid of Flores now? Because who are they going to bring in? This is the thing. I, I feel Marco like Silva. Yeah, I, <laughs> I said I wouldn't be surprised, but the problem with it is you can't. Yeah. For me, the, the, the second of managers, it's like it, it's so it's so reactionary, and something like that with Watford, they've not been great anyway. They brought him in, the results haven't improved. Okay, but I, I don't. The, the squad they've not got is not great, and also again, you look around and what's available. Who are they going to bring in? Probably someone else from you know Europe somewhere. No, talk about uh, Chris Hutton. Chris Hutton is a favourite. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he's been all right. In the, I think he's probably quite unlucky to leave Brighton, wasn't he? But I just don't, I, I, for me, Flores was, a, was a, a weird appointment for Watford anyway. Is it too far gone for them now? You say, you know, they're only X amount of wins away, to, to use your example, but they're on eight points, above them Norwich on 11 and above them Southampton on 12. I think and then it's gone. Everton a little bit further ahead. Is it too far I, I think, for them to stretch? Uh, as a squad, Watford have got a better squad than the two teams within the relegation zone. And what is so frustrating is, is that... Watford seems to appoint the same bloke every time. Uh, it seems to be the same football manager regen that you've never heard of from Europe that's done all right at this club and that club. And it seems weird that they seem to... Uh, it isn't rolling the dice when they appoint any manager because you know how it's going to go. He's going to come in, he'll make a few changes, buy a few players out there, you know, the, the Greek league and the Bosnian <laughs> league and the Portuguese second division and go and get all these weird players never heard of. And then he'll alienate some people and he'll give some odd interviews where he doesn't really speak English and then he gets sacked in 18 months. Do something different. Do something different. Yeah. That can work at a club, but it hasn't worked at Watford's and they've slid down the table. Go and go and get the flavour of the month out, out of the championship. Go and get whoever it is. Or even someone like Chris Hutton, who well, probably I... will be going in as a firefighter, but is at least a different style. You suspect that Chris Hutton will probably get a little bit more out of someone like Troy Deeney, who has got a budget of Premier League goals in him and just needs someone who's going to understand him and get the best out of him. Like you what Bryson Chris have Ian... done with Graham Potter, they brought Potter in and, and you know he was kind of from Swansea before that, Ostersunds in Sweden. You mentioned Chris Hutton, he is being linked with the Watford job, yeah. as is Paul Clement as well. But there's three of you guys on the opposite side of the desk to me, so I thought, why not have a bit of a, a laugh and see if you can name, in seven years, who the ten Watford managers have been. So it's probably going to be quite easy for the first few. So who wants to kick us off? I'll go Flores. Flores, yeah, yeah. well done. Marco Silva. Marco Silva, yeah, that's two. Grazia. Grazia is three, yeah. Now, what, uh, who can you remember? That's three. What, uh, I remember Walter uh, Matsu. Uh, 
Matsurazi. 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 Yeah, it's well done. 2016 to May 2017. <laughs> oh, um, That's four. You've got another six. Djukanovic, <laughs> was he one of them? No. No, he was, no. He was a bully. No, was he? Was he? No. Uh, uh, Fulham, sorry. Fulham, sorry. Was Zola? Was he one? Djukanovic yeah, was. Thought, yeah. October oh, was 14 yeah, yeah. to June 15. Yeah. Zola, did I hear someone yeah. say? Zola, oh, yeah. Zola is a correct answer. 2012 to 2013. So you're doing well so far. Um, Can you name the rest? This is ridiculous. I'm sure one of them... Karanka. I don't no, think I so. No Karanka. There's another Italian manager. There um, is. There's another Italian manager. There is what's another Italian manager. Oh, what's he called? His first name's Giuseppe. Does that give you anything? Where else is he managed? He's now in charge of uh, Hungarian club Budapest Honved. <laughs> Everywhere's up from Watford. <laughs> uh, it's Giuseppe Sanino. Sanino. December oh, yeah. 13 to August 2014. I've no memory of that at all. 27 <laughs> days this manager lasted. In charge of Watford. 20, uh, September 2014. Oh, um, what's he called? The guy who was at Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, the Spanish guy. Oscar Garcia. That's it, oh, Oscar Garcia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar yeah, Garcia. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what um, I mean about these? These are just words, innit? These are like... <laughs> Billy, were, Billy McKinley's another one. If you were one. writing a novel and you had to make up a Spanish yeah. football manager, it would be Oscar Garcia. Is the name you go for it? Like Javi Grazia. Grazia's what? It's spelled Garcia, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, <laughs> like, like it's R in the wrong place. Just, these are. I'm sure they're all very creditable in their own countries, and I'm being very ignorant. But these these managers, man. Like, okay. did anyone really think that when they go and get some bloke who's you know, oh, who's great at Espanol? It's like yeah, sure. But so it just counting backwards, Kike Sanchez Flores. Javi Grazia, Marco Silva, Walter Mazzari, Kike Sanchez Flores again, Slavisa Jakanovic, Billy McKinley, Oscar Garcia, Giuseppe Sanino, Gianfranco Zola. That's it. That's your 10. Wow. Crazy. Absolute madness. I mean, what, what, someone at some point has got to step in and go, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested in what the fans make of it more than anything. Like, what, what, if that was the way that, your club's being run you, you, it's crazy because you, there's no way you can build anything you can't even start to build you know the even the beginnings of a team you know I, you can't even put the foundations no. down to having a, a side because you're chopping and changing not only your manager your backroom staff so much you know you can never get oh. anything off the ground so you know, for them, presumably survival every every year in the Premier League, just, just existing as a Premier League team is all they want to do. Which what? is a shame because a few years ago, they, they, they were sort of sniffing around and, and yeah. they looked yeah. like they could be a top eight side. And you, you sort of put them in that little group with maybe... Under which manager? Ever, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Marco Silva. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had a good run. And I think it was, they were in that group with Leicester and Everton of teams you thought, oh, they could get into Europe this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, they've could... still got some good players. They they've have. actually got yeah. some good players. Do you back them to get out of it, though? And equally Southampton, who won the game yesterday by two goals to one James Ward-Prowse's free kick enough to, to beat Ben Foster and Han Southampton the win at home they've got Norwich next week do you, do you back first Watford do you think they'll stay up is it too far gone I think you've already said that I think it has I think won one game all season yeah, it's not good enough and Southampton uh, I think they could do it again I've been quite impressed with how, how, they, how they play despite the fact they've you know they, they do find themselves in 18th place I don't I think they have got something I think they just lack a couple of top top quality players if they beat Norwich next week Maybe they can kick on from there. I think they'll bring it. I think it'll be the last couple of um, weeks of the season. They'll take it to the wire. I think Southampton. They always have a habit of doing that anyway, didn't they? Marion Pahar's era. <laughs> <laughs> last minute goal. We're coming up to Christmas though, aren't we? So it's usually whoever's bottom by Christmas ends up going down first, isn't that right? So, Christmas curse. Yeah, the Christmas curse will be 
coming. I don't know. It's a, this is like the maddest season where you couldn't predict who is going down. I mean, winning the league seems pretty obvious. Thanks a lot, sir. <laughs> I, I, I can see Chris Shooting if he comes in, though. I can see Chris Shooting turn it around a little bit and giving him more of a fighting chance. I just think it might have... If they'd have brought him in instead of bringing Flores back, I think they'd have a lot better chance of, but that just of shows, staying up. That just shows how illogical they are upstairs. That, 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 how, how would you yeah. even dare go to that as an idea that, you know, the, the bottle save us? Never go back in that. But it's, like, it's the, the thing is, you look at the squad, I always think of this as like the free agent test. So if, if Watford ceased to exist tomorrow for whatever reason, and these players all became free agents, like this, they would all join Premier League clubs. There are players here that are just not... Gerard Dulafo is not a championship footballer. Tom Cleverley is not a championship footballer. Troy Deeney is not a championship footballer. Danny Welbeck, Nathaniel Chalabar, Abdullah Decore, who was being linked with like £70 million moves like six months a year ago. Like yeah. uh, Andre Gray, I think, has proved himself to be a Premier League standard footballer. Um, Will Hughes has been around for a bit. He's probably got enough experience now. Um, Etienne Capu, another player that's constantly, was, well, was forever being linked with, you know, quote-unquote bigger clubs. Christian Cabaselli's done a, been around for a bit. Jose Holobas, how old is he now? Maybe 32, 33? 50, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it is 35 Holobus, all right, fair enough, give you that one. Uh, you know, players like... We get R- your R- points. R- R- this is a Premier Pereira, League side. Yeah. I'd argue not only would half those players join Premier League clubs, you could argue that squad is as good as Everton's squad. Well, I can, t- like I can it, condense your point down into they should be doing better. Yes, That's absolutely. Just... And it's one of those where if they get the right manager now, they can turn it around, despite okay. the horrendous start they've had. We'll have to wait and see. Of course, Southampton won that game against Watford by two goals to one, which means it is a really interesting shake-up in the Premier League relegation zone with Southampton facing Norwich next week. This is Football Social Daily. We'll be talking more Premier League after this, so don't go anywhere. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League Review. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll never miss another show. Seven days a week we'll be here with you, bringing you all the latest Premier League news and opinion. What about the title race then? Newcastle United 2, Manchester City 2. If Kevin De Bruyne's screamer was enough to win you a game, John Joe Shelby said, hold my beer. Here you go. Here's another one for you to indulge in. 2-2, it finished at St. James's Park. Kevin De Bruyne, it almost felt like the grinding victory that Manchester City need they need that sort of grinding victory much like Liverpool have been doing to to keep themselves in this title race of which the gap between the two sides is now 11 points um but Newcastle didn't go away and with that draw is that now the end of City's title chances oh, I think I think the title race has been uh I mean never say never if, if any club now has to do it last minute it's Manchester City well the but... last time you were on the show I remember you saying listen we won 18 games in a row as a Manchester City fan you yeah. said we won 18 games in a row why could we not do it again you could yeah, yeah Liverpool could. could draw another five six games in a row it could happen but nobody can really feasibly see that happening no because the, the attitude around the club is different I think we showed the complacency which has played us all season where we went one nil up and I think everyone thought oh well that's that done then and, and then we, we got called out and we're like right we've got a game on our hands and then De Bruyne scored an absolute you know an absolute PT. and exactly what you need a bit of magic from a brilliant player and everyone thought right that's that done and Newcastle got back in and it's happened to us several times this season um, and it, it's something that we do that Liverpool don't, and that's why Liverpool are uh, so far in front and look to be champions-elect, uh, and it's why Manchester City are, are third and 
<laughs> Champion Delect is the appropriate term. <laughs> when well, you start saying, oh, people it's say goals are like this about football, is goals a cliche? <laughs> Champion Delect is like the. It's the 1st of December. The title's not one in December. No, we go. There's another one. Can I, can I raise you another cliche? Um, Adam, what, what are your thoughts um, on this? Yeah, do you know what? I, the way Alex has described it there, it's, it's pretty much spot on. I think the way that Liverpool are performing this season, doing those kind of you know 80th minute, when he gets to the 70th minute, like Alex said earlier, that you think something's going to happen if it's one all. Mm. We used to be that team. We used to do that. And when De Bruyne scored in the 82nd minute um, yesterday, you're thinking, that's it. That is the moment. We never used to let them goals in and end up drawing games like that. I won't say it's over yet, not because I'm a City fan, but put it this way, right, and it's probably going to annoy a lot of Liverpool fans. If it was the other way around and we were that many points ahead, I would say I'd be confident we're going to win the league, but because it's Liverpool, there's always a chance that they might just slip up. There's yeah. also, Liverpool play, thir- well, assuming they, they get to the final of the Club World Cup, they'll play 13 games in December. And I think that, that will be a massive, massive factor. I, so I said it, I think I said it on this show, I think Sky and everyone else was saying it, that the biggest game of this season would be the Manchester City-Liverpool game a couple of weeks ago. I actually, the, the biggest game of this season will be Liverpool-Leicester 8 o'clock on Boxing Day because Liverpool will have played uh, 11 games before that on two continents, including a away day in Europe. I think they go to Salzburg away uh, in Qatar, December as well. The they go to Qatar. Uh, they've got the... Uh, Aston Villa game in the cup the night before they go to Qatar. Different um, squad though, you think? It's going to be a different eighteen. But the, the, the strain on the squads, I do think the Premier League games, Liverpool will drop points in December. Um, I think that's. And I don't think anyone can begrudge them that either. Yeah. They will get stretched to the absolute limit, and we'll really, really, really find out what Liverpool are made of. Leicester play, I think, something like seven games in December. Don't quite run up. I'm not more, but they play significantly less. If they keep the momentum up, and there's no reason why they can't. That game on Boxing Day um, at the King Power Stadium, I think Leicester will be overwhelming favourites and it could swing the balance. If Leicester's they, fixtures, by the way, favourable to say the least. So they've got Watford uh, on Wednesday, then they've got an away game against Aston Villa, then they've got Norwich at home, Everton in the League Cup, four games against Manchester City and Liverpool over Christmas. Then after that, uh, that'll be the real test, wasn't it, won't it? Manchester mm. City and Liverpool. But after that, they've got West Ham, Newcastle, Southampton, Burnley, West Ham, Chelsea before the start of February. So aside from that Manchester City and, and Liverpool back-to-back situation there, they've got teams that you'd expect them to be in their current form. So certainly it's just going to be really interesting yeah. over Christmas. That's, that, that, that could be the game that's into the season. And if Liverpool beat them, then it will it, it will have to be game over it will, for the season. But if Leicester pull it back, they drop three points. If Manchester City get their stuff together and you know squeeze themselves back into the title race, then it will be interesting. And if they do, and also that's assuming that Liverpool do drop points, that they look unstoppable at the minute. And you think, will that be the only thing that will stop them? Six thousand miles of travel or whatever it is they're doing. Uh, to Qatar and back. It's know? a great point you make about the, the um, if they get beat by Leicester though, because. You've got to wonder mentally, because it happens year on year. Uh, how many times have we seen Liverpool have a, have a massive lead over Christmas? It would, I imagine it would, I'm, maybe I'm praying that it'll plague on them if they, if they do start dropping points. Do you two see Leicester or Man City as being more of a challenge the way that your form is going at the moment? Oh, Leicester's got to be. Yeah, I, I think, I do think City, well, I wish we'll think maybe, I do think we'll be the, I think we'll be the challenge of Liverpool. I'd, I'd at the minute, it's hard to see Leicester dropping any points, but part of me thinks, surely, if they get a couple of injuries, so I, I think can they keep that up? So, I mean, the result of the weekend for Manchester City, like, think about how bad we feel about it, about, like, oh, this, it's just not happening for us this year. We don't have to sit on the coach for hours back 
from Newcastle. Think about the atmosphere in Manchester City's dressing room after that. A, a late equaliser at Newcastle away, dropping even further points. That's a long old coach. You've got to listen on Five Live or whatever, or you're hearing it going around, people getting it on their phones that Liverpool are beat, or winning again. You think we're sliding down the table. What are we doing here? And that that the drain on the squad mentally. And I think because we've got a team of winners that have turned into a team of players that have done everything. And it's a little bit like, I don't think that the hunger is there that was there in 2012, that was there last season to get back into the title race. For the Champions League though, yeah. I think yeah. that that's the missing piece in the jigsaw. And I actually think the only thing that would undermine Liverpool's season and would be that if we won the Champions League for the, I think maybe I'm massively biased and it's the way that I see the world, but if we won the Champions League this year, 2020 would be the year, remember, as the time City won the league for the first time and people might forget that it was the time Liverpool won the league, yeah, I think. Yeah. And it, but we'd have to really do it. We'd have to like beat Barcelona on penalties in the final, make a real like, memorable... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, Big comeback or something. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like Messi in goal or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it'd have to make a real memorable final. You know, and yeah. I think that, that's, that's got to be... That, for me, that's got to be a priority now. And you, you, I'd love to see Leicester win it instead of Liverpool, but I don't think that will happen. And it just, you know, right, okay, it's Liverpool's title. We'll turn up, we'll put an 18 together. But FA Cup, League Cup, Champions League... I don't think it's over just yet. I think if Liverpool get through the Christmas period and New Year unscathed and they've they've still not lost, I think it pretty much is over. But well, the Leicester game's interesting. They'll they beat Brighton two one. Virgil Van Dijk scored two goals, and supposedly it's been leaked that the results of the Ballon d'Or show that Messi uh, has won the Player of the Year rather than Van Dijk, which is heartbroken. Liverpool fans more than if they lost the league, I think, by the way that they go on about that guy. Um, yeah, petition uh, but, out. Yeah, exactly. But maybe maybe Brighton by two goals to one, you have to say Van Dijk, two really good headers to, to win that game for them. Alisson got sent off, um, so they'll be without him for their next game. They're also going to miss Fabinho for about six weeks. We've spoken about how Manchester City squad depth-wise, Dave, have got a, a lot more to them. Yeah, I I just think that the the like people like uh, Chamberlain's come back and that's like a brand new signing. You could do your cliche bell if you want. Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think even when players are coming out of the squad because they've got that much momentum and, and confidence running through that I, I, I just think that they don't miss him. Fabinho has been, not been a great player anyway this season, has he, in terms I mean, he gets injured by a paperclip hitting him, doesn't he? But I, I just, um, yeah, I don't think they'll miss Alisson at all. I think Van Dijk, um, was prob- I think he should probably won Ballon d'Or, which as a United fan makes me really, really sad. <laughs> he's been good there's no doubt about you, 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 it. You, you, has he been better than Messi when's the last time a centre back got I, I think Cannavaro position, I, I think, I think, centre, I think position sometimes like yeah well people, people I don't go to a football match to watch Chagla Soyuncu run the back four for Leicester I, don't, I go to a football match to watch Jamie Vardy score a 90th minute winner to use a Leicester example I don't go to a football match to watch Aaron Wan-Bissaka put in challenges at fullback. I go to games to watch goals and excitement, so do most people. So I guess that's kind of where yeah, it comes yeah. into but, it, I guess. There was a real argument a few years ago for Neuer, wasn't there, to, to win uh, the Ballon d'Or. Why? Uh, when I think it was the year that Bayern won the treble. Um, he'd just been awesome. And people went, well, he's just won the treble. I think he was he captain of the side. Uh, I think he was captain of the side that won the treble. He'd been awesome. He, I think he'd like considered fewer goals that season than any goalkeeper in German football had ever done. And he'd just been incredible all round. And... Uh, I think there was a real case that maybe he was the best player in the world and he was a far better goalkeeper than say Messi or Ronaldo were as as forward players that season and I think like I agree with you a centre-half isn't the most exciting place on the pitch but if you're really 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 good at it 
Yeah. Well, Cannavaro yeah. won but it in 2006. In, in Italy way, won the, the World way, Cup. Like Juventus say, won trophies. Like Stormzy won the Mercury Prize, but it's like saying, well, I wouldn't want to listen to it when I was doing my shopping in Aldi. It's like, well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's stuff for different occasions. <laughs> <laughs> No, the, knowing me, knowing you, nothing more. The, the, prob- <laughs> the, the problem is, is that when you've got the attacking players, um, you know, there's more things that you can judge it from. So you can see the assists and the goals with, with, with defenders. You have to go about. Oh, you had to, you, you know, he, he made 17 blocks in that game. You, you don't go into those stats, do you? I don't, don't think you, you need to with Van Dijk, though, because I think it's quite because because of how much of a um, a presence he has actually on the pitch. And I, I hate that I'm defending a <laughs> Liverpool player, but you know, you, you know when you, you when he's on the pitch, you, 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 you can tell he's there. You don't need to be reading his statistics from from his performance. Oh, I'm not dis- yeah, I'm not disputing he's been unbelievable for him, but um, and he probably is a bit, a bit unlucky to, to miss out on it, really. But um, I do think really it's always going to be weighted in favour of the attacking players isn't it? and it's is a lot harder for even football always even, has been yeah even to even you know, get, in, get in the you know in the equation to be in, in the final two or the final three or whatever yeah. he's been in that's in itself is almost you've got to kind of do double the work of an attacker to even be you know kind of suggested as being a potential winner I think yeah, yeah. Good point. I think the one trait he has got which I think very 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 few players on the planet have is that he's talismanic he, yeah. he, he, he wins yeah. games on personality you know the the the, the air around him it, it, yeah. he's got that magic that maybe mm. Ronaldo dragging Portugal to the if Euros. he wasn't on the team sheet you'd go where's Van Dijk yeah that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the first thing you'd do wouldn't yeah. it so uh, Liverpool extend their lead at the top of the Premier League table to eight points their nearest challengers Leicester City in second position they're now 11 points ahead of Manchester City who have 29 after their 2-2 draw with Newcastle United right then Manchester United let's talk about them shall mm. we game at Old Trafford on Sunday Dave game finished 2-2 also this time against Aston Villa I, I, I can't see any signs of improvement for me and uh, Solskjaer is the wrong man uh, at Manchester United uh, there, there is no evidence that I've seen on, on, since he got the permanent job we've got a 27% win record and to put that in comparison I think David Moyes had a 56% win record he hasn't got a clue he's naive that he plays Fred and Pereira in the centre midfield uh, and has no other idea but Maguire has cost us 80 million we've conceded two goals uh, sorry, we kept two clean sheets in um, in 14 games this season. We've only won four in 14. I just don't get this Solskjaer in. He's behind the wheel and we're turning to a f- car crash, mate. And, and Have you always been out of Solskjaer? No, not, well, not when he was a player. <laughs> in that European no, not final. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I got I got carried away as much as most Man United fans did when because uh, his biggest talent was to sort of agree with Paul Lins that he wasn't Jose Mourinho. And with, that is evidence now... How we are playing that that that's how we, we but that's why we weren't in that twelve game win winning run and then once we've gone out the European Cup it's just been woeful absolutely yeah. absolutely woeful there are, there are, there are no signs of um what was your first car when you when you passed your driving test uh, Corsa it wasn't a Ferrari was it exactly and that's what we've got to learn a driver at the, at the manager's seat at Old Trafford there's a partridgeism for you <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean and I, I can't see, as, you two as City fans you must be loving it uh, the thing is right I've got a lot of a lot of my mates United fans and even the most ardent kind of Solskjaer supporters I had a mate who was you know believing the process it's you know big transition every cliche you can think of we're bringing the young players through you know give him two or three years He's finished with him now. He said, look, he went, like you said, there's no sign of improvement. And also the fact he's insisting on picking players that are in really bad form. They're really, really out of form players and he's still picking them week in, week out. And the Sheffield United game, I know injuries kind of made him pick Phil Jones. I don't want to just pick on Phil Jones because he's an easy target, but I'd rather play someone who's in the reserves or the youth team, genuinely, 
because he's not a long-term plan. Phil Jones is going after United. There's players there that are never going to play for United again, surely. Pointless picking him. You know, bringing like Brandon Williams, I'll bring him in. Yep. Shaw's finished at United. Got to be finished at United. Stop even bringing him on. Stop playing these players. He's got, and, it, and, it, it, sorry, we talked about Phil, Phil Jones past <laughs> it. Phil Jones is 27. Yeah, it so like it's, it's, yeah so it's, about seven, it's about seven years past yeah. it. And he's also uh, going to have a testimonial, which he said, people were asking him about, he said, it's all right, no one's going to turn up. Yeah, he said, he said, he said, said only his mum and dad will turn up. There's a lot of truth in that, Phil. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, I, I've not seen, the, for me, you know, it, I've not seen the, the signs of improvement. Or even when it's like, you know, you'd think to yourself, if, if we're losing games 3-2, playing attacking football and it's exciting, you think to yourself, all right, we've got a few things to work on here. There's not even that. It's, it's not like the, you're scraping by to get draws here and there. Yeah, and, and, the, it, and it's not, there's nothing for me that makes me think, oh, that, that looks promising. He looks good. Oh, you know, I'm, Dan James probably has been the only thing this season that I think. Yeah, I, agree, I completely agree with you. Everyone was saying to me, oh, Maguire and Wan-Bissaka have been sensational. We've got an appalling defensive record. I, ju- I, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't know where we go from here. And, and the thing is, P- Poch leaving Spurs, getting sacked from Spurs, that's going to be hanging over. There's no way that Woodward isn't looking elsewhere now. We know what a snake he is. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and in some level, if he is looking, it's a sensible businessman. But the Glazers have also got a lot that... Woodward hired Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho, and Solskjaer, and none of them have worked. So, do they give them? Do, do they give him again the um, the decision who 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 comes in following? Uh, for me, for me, it's a, you, you've got to get Pochettino. If not, in the Allegra. Uh, I mean, it seems odd because there are outside looking in. It, it, I think it's a similar thing that's going on at Chelsea, where at least those young players are getting the minutes, and it does genuinely seem to believe in the young players. You know, and like Wan Bissaka is playing every week, and Daniel James is playing every week, and, and those sorts of players, and like Pereira, that not, is he what twenty twenty one something like that. It's, I think yeah. he's twenty three, and, 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 and Solskjaer gave him a new contract, and that 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 sort of thing just bewilders me. I haven't got a clue like why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's one of those where do, do you stick with him to the end of the season, see what happens, and you say to Pochettino, you know, go to Argentina, chill out with the family. I, I've have six months and see us again in June, and after all those young players have had a year of playing. You know, and they've got used yeah. to the Premier League. You go right. Let's add a bit of spice to it and, and go and buy one or two players to potch once. For and me, it, though, that, that, that's um, I, I'd prefer him to come in now because that's I think didn't Klopp replace Rodgers after like fourteen games around November that, time, uh, around that time. Mm. And I think what that does it, it buys you more time with the club. You know, because I mean? the Klopp's first season wasn't fantastic, was it? But it allowed him, he had a bit of grace because Rodgers was playing so badly before. Well, you talk about Brendan Rodgers. He explained that he left Celtic midway through the season to go to Leicester because he needed a bit of a buffer between mid-season and the end of the season. He, he didn't feel that it was right just to jump into the job in the summer and try and hit the ground running I don't think there's the enough time. There's, there's, not, there's not enough time if you, if you, if you go in at the, the beginning of June and you've got the season starting in August to work with your players and work out who you want to get rid of. I just, I, I just don't see that that's the sensible thing to do. The quicker Solskjaer leaves, the, 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 the better for Man United. For me, in terms of uh, experience of playing in Premiership football, uh, I'm also a massive fan of Allegra. I don't think a lot of United fans would be suitable for his, his style of football, but he's a seasoned winner across, across Europe. So Pochettino first and Allegra second. Is that not Van Gaal again, though, Allegri? Where? Not, not really. The, the thing with Van, Van Gaal is that Van Gaal was playing like 1996 football. Do you know what I mean? Like he was, he was a bit of a dinosaur. Whereas Allegri, um, what was it two seasons ago, was won everything in uh, Italy, got to Champions League finals cons- consistently. Um, so no. Fair enough. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what you were saying before, uh, Alex, about the you know the young players at United? Um, and you mentioned like Wan Bissaka. Still, what is he? Twenty one or something? Yeah. Uh, and Dan James is dead young as well. But they pay. I, especially Juan Pesaka, big money for for him for a, a young player. And I'm thinking, obviously, United have seen you know a big uh, increase in the amount of opportunities the youth team youth players have had this season. But for me, I don't know if the quality is there compared to the Chelsea Chelsea youth. 
You look at the Chelsea players that they brought through, and again, I've always banged the drum for how good those, those, young, those young players are. And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm the first to want to see you know youth players brought in, but some of the ones that I've seen for United, I don't know if they're ever going to no. make it. I agree. I think, with yeah. and, I, and, I, and I'm say to me the, that that guy to say that, and I'm you know I'm not saying don't play him. There's a few question marks over oh, some man, of them I, that I've seen. I, I think there's, there's two factors there, though. Oh, they've not got players around them as well. United, United have got this like forever talented thing. Like Jesse Lingard is still sort of treated by like the English media as a promising youngster, despite the fact that he's like sweating ironing got grandkids. <laughs> like it's like he's um, like it's you know. It, it, whereas I think so we kind of quite pessimistically look at these players, but also the difference is is Mason Mount's having fun. He's enjoying his football. Yeah. And I think Chelsea have got a little bit of a free pass because of the transfer ban and front Lampard's so we can experiment and get away with results. I don't think any Chelsea fan is going to be calling for Lampard out United... after they lost this week. Yeah, but think... Whereas at United, I mean, like, wan bissaka has got a £50 million price tag on him. I can't remember how much Daniel James went for, but he's also... Yeah. You, you know, he's, there's, people are looking to him with a bit of responsibility there to get results. And I don't think... It's a lot of stress for young players, and, man. Actually, to be fair, even like McTominay, who's been one of the better players for United this season, He's first choice now for United, I'd say. If he was fully fit, oh, he's straight the, the, in, the, isn't the, 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 fact, like, the, the fact that McTominay is more of a loss than Paul Pogba for yeah, a starting like, lineup at United, for, it just for, shows where we are as a football any, club. Most United fans that I speak to, it's like, you know, when McTominay's injured, it's, oh my God, like, yeah. we've got no midfield without him. And that's a lot of responsibility for someone who, what is he, 21, 22? 20, I think he's 22. And he's so, doing that for Scotland now as well. Yeah. Well, like, like, yeah. If, you think, if he, if, you know, he's got the response, you know, even like Mason Mount, he's got experienced players around him. He's got Kante around him. He's got, you know, um, Jorginho, Willian. He's got players mm. that have played. But McTominay, he's, he's basically having to be the... Everyone's looking, the, they've, got, they've got people looking to him. Yeah, he's like the linchpin of yeah. Manchester United, a club that size. So, uh, you know, but sort of negating my own point in a way, but what I'm saying is, it's a lot of. I get what you're saying. It's a lot more pressure, but for me, some of the. But Tommy's been a success story, but some of the players that I've seen, I don't I, know if they're going to make no, it. No, I agree with you. I mean, uh, over the last few seasons, who's been in the youth cup or winning the leagues in the youth? It's Chelsea or City's players, haven't it? Chelsea have got far better players uh, as, as a youth setup, and I think again, this is because we go above the likes of Solskjaer, and that's down to Glazers investing into, in, into into the youth team's help. But because of this this myth of United having this uh, conveyor belt of fantastic players, that I think sometimes fans believe their own hype. And how many times was, what was his name? Um, lad, who was going to be the next Ryan Giggs? Oh, Yanazai. Yeah, oh, the Belgian. Yeah, 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 yeah Yanazai. Yeah. And then before him, it was Makeda was going to be the next. Oh, he's going to be amazing. Danny Welbeck was going to be amazing. Do you know what I mean? And and Rashford has, Rashford still has that. He's got that pressure upon him, and, and and I hope that he sort of breaks away from it. But I, but, I think but some, Rashford's leading the line, and and he's how, playing and really he, well this season. But he's Rashford. not he's not a number he nine is. though. Today, Daniel James threw loads of crosses into the box, right? And um, if we kept Lukaku, he would have been on the end of them. Solskjaer allowed Lukaku to go. Now, no matter whether he was happy or not. Why do you, well you don't worry that your mum says cut your nose off to spite your 100 face? 100 goals thing. Manchester United let go. Uh, because Solskjaer, our manager, thought that Mason Greenwood, was who, who'd never played, was, was enough to, to, to fill his boots. What about Aston Villa then? Um, they'll be happy with that point. That takes them to 15th position on 15 points above Brighton and Everton. Uh, Jack Grealish was a massive miss for them since he's come back. He helped them beat Newcastle uh, on Monday night. He helped them to a, a, a draw against Manchester United. He's a good player for Aston Villa, very key for them. Very, very good player. Um, probably could see him getting a move in the summer as well. I think Villa might, I think they'll stay up, mate. Villa, I think, I think, I like, um, I think they've got a good manager. I think uh, the, the players seem to be bought into what he, what he believes. Um, I think they've got just enough quality to stay up. I think they've got a bit of, bit of fight in them as well. Mm. When I think when the back's against the wall, I think, they'll, I think they'll go for it. I think, I think they'll just about stay up, mate. I think, 
not a bad result for him, really. They were unlucky. To, they, they, they should have won, to be honest. Grealish missed a, missed a sitter early on in the second half. And then it's, it goes 3-1, but they were, they were the better team. Mm. Uh, we mentioned Chelsea earlier. Let's talk about them now. Frank Lampard's Chelsea, I should say. Um, <laughs> West Ham United with a, a crucial victory. You spoke earlier about West Ham, Alex. Manuel Pellegrini, I was giving him a little bit of stick just then, but I have to hold my hands up and say he deserves credit because the he, engineer is he, back. he completely mixed it up. Completely mixed it up. He put Antonio up front. He dropped £45 million sign in Seb Allaire, and he wasn't afraid to make radical changes against the strong Chelsea team and they got the result they needed. Yeah, Pellegrini's been in enough big games throughout his career, you know, at City and Madrid and Malaga. He's been in enough big games to, to know how to take a few risks every now and again. And at City, I think maybe he was a bit hesitant at times, but he's remembered so well at City because of what he did. He won the league for us. And he's a manager that um, he deserves time. He deserves time. And I think... West Ham in the past have been a little bit quick to, to sack managers. Um, sometimes they've been proven right, sometimes they've been proven wrong. But who are they going to get in November, especially when there's so many other clubs sniffing around, not only in this country, but abroad as well. Uh, so many big jobs going. And you've got a manager there that knows half the dressing room. He signed a few of those players himself. The players do seem to play for him, as they've proved today. Just just old five or four years. And like I said... I mean, we're, we're West Ham in the league at the minute. They're 13th in the league. They're on 16 points. Arsenal are 8th on 19. Win a couple of games, all of a sudden, you're the form team and nobody wants to play you. And the league is deceptive. The league is deceptive, but, you know, you, you look at it, yeah, they're four points with a drop zone. You're three points off eighth. You're, clo- you're closer to European football uh, than I'm, you are to... I think you know the what? concern for West Ham, the teams they were beating, they beat Manchester United uh, before they beat Chelsea, but the other two teams they beat were Norwich and Watford. So I think that was the concern. It was the the teams around them that they weren't getting results against. They they seem to pick up a win against United. They picked up a win now against Chelsea. Which the other two victories mm. they've got are against struggling sides. I don't think they would. I don't think they'd get a, a better caliber manager than Pellegrini. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think they could attract a, a, a better, more experienced. I mean, you know, how many other teams in the Premier League have got a manager that's won the Premier League? Do you know? Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So he's got the caliber, and I do think that. Like you know, like uh, Alex said there, you know, the teams are pulling the trigger so fast because there was talk that he was getting sacked this week. Yeah. It's gone. Like they were saying, it, it, it was. Uh, some people were reporting it was almost happening. Well, there were people talking about who was going to replace him, <laughs> yeah. and he still had a job. So, yeah. do you not think it becomes quite contagious though? Once one person yeah. sort of pulled the trigger on one manager, because I, I think what happens is if the West Ham board have, have um, thought about somebody else to replace him. And like Everton sacked their manager, and they've also, you know, that that's what happens. It becomes a race for for the for, the, for that manager. But I, I can't see why you get rid of Pellegrini. Like Arsenal fans, West Ham fans are quite entitled into. They're like, we need to play a certain football. We need to be. What know, is the West Ham way? Does anyone know? I've your... said this before on the podcast. <laughs> Bobby Moore. They won the, they they won the World Cup. Nineteen sixty, whatever it was. Come on, West Ham fans. Ask send Jim Salverson. Send us a tweet yeah. at the Sport Social. Tell me what the West Ham way is. I don't think anyone actually knows what it is. Um, what about the Chelsea way? Has that changed under Frank Lampard? No panic stations. They've lost to West Ham. It's about how they bounce back. But that's uh, two Premier League defeats in, in a row now for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not the finished product. And I think but it's all about culture and Lampard's uh, and so much of it, I think, for Lampard is at the microphone and, and talking to the media and the atmosphere that it gives off and looking calm and confident on, on the sidelines. Um, because you'd argue as well with a Derby job that... Whilst Derby played great football and had a great cup run, uh, there was a lot of people that said that they, they probably should have gone up last season and didn't, you know. And, and it's like 
but, but ultimately, half football management is man management, and half it is the atmosphere that you create. And the, those players there look like they're enjoying themselves. I don't think that dressing room is going to be knocked back by a couple of defeats. And they're learning, they're getting more experience, they're building that togetherness. And if he gets given this season, and he can, in the summer, bring in one or two players to, to improve that side, not make wholesale changes. I think Lampard is in a weird position that no other Chelsea manager has had for a long time, where actually I think the board's, as long as he finishes top four this season, afforded or top more six, time than anyone else would be afforded more time. Um, they have to, they have to aim for Champions League. Firstly, because they're Chelsea, and secondly, because they've made a strong enough start to warrant the fact that they should really be targeting. Yeah, the top and, four. and nobody else wants it as well. You know, it, yeah. it, it yeah. does feel a little bit like Manchester United's uh, Arsenal. It, it does feel Tottenham, like there's some outs that are Arsenal. It, it's a matter of. Um, you know, who they appoint and, and, and the culture that comes in and whether it is a big drive, whether it's a repair job. Um, Mourinho, I don't think it's too late for Mourinho to, to make a case at Spurs, but we'll see how that turns out. Well, another win for Spurs. Three goals to two against Bournemouth. So let's talk about that game. They got a 3-0 lead and they conceded two goals and they nearly conceded a very third at the end. It's the same signs. Well, they the, seem to get into a lead and... The defence. That's the dangerous, exciting football that Jose Mourinho has built a reputation for. <laughs> <laughs> when you build, bring in the bandit of Mourinho, you gotta, you got to take the punches. Um, I'm doing nine, nine cliches in one now. I can't stop. The bus must have had the windows put through because the ball's going straight through one window and out the other. He's, left, he's, um, he's left the bus at Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how do you see a start at, at Spurs? You can't argue with three wins from three, but certainly there are some signs that they... They need to improve at the back, Dave. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's bizarre talking about a Jose Mourinho side that's conceding goals as frequently they are and, and scoring and, and scoring as many. But uh, Deli Alley's been a revelation, hasn't it, really, Brilliant, in terms of... Yeah. Uh, but it must really piss Poch off. But I think the problem was, is that, is that Poch... <laughs> what, because he got sacked? Or? No, because, because, <laughs> no, 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 I mean, I mean the, the, the Deli Alley's actually turning up because right, beforehand, right, right. It, it, it's performances in the Spurs shirt. But I think that's down to where... Um, Potch had played had moved him because initially when Ali came on the scene he was just behind Harry Kane wasn't he but then mm. I think uh, he played him more as a central midfielder and Jose came out yesterday and said that he's pushed him up uh, pushed him up closer and Ali is more of a free role and he seems to be really enjoying it as United fan it's frustrating seeing that our ex-manager has gone on to you know and we've got we're there coming to Old Trafford on, on Wednesday if, if Potch goes to United that would be a straight swap where Mourinho has been sacked and then his next club is Spurs and Poch has yeah. been sacked and his next club but is... But let me just... Let me I don't think that's ever happened in the Premier League before where two clubs have swapped the last, The last swap that United had was Mkhitaryan and Sanchez. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about AFC Bournemouth then? Um, Eddie Howe's been linked with plenty of, of other jobs. West Ham was one of those jobs. Everton is likely going to be one of those jobs should Marco Silva get the chop. Um, everyone says, oh, it's about time Eddie Howe got considered for a big job but is Bournemouth his level or is well, that too harsh? The, the thing is I don't know if he's never not been considered for the jobs I think sometimes I feel like he's quite happy where he is um, I remember he left there to go to Burnley didn't he um, good few years back in the championship still and I, I remember seeing an interview and he was just very open about it and he said mm. I, I didn't I didn't like it mm. is that what you mean? I don't know if he didn't like Burnley he just he wasn't it was, he didn't do particularly bad there the yeah. results weren't bad he left of his own accord and went back to Bournemouth I think he's Family's there. He's whole. He played there, didn't he? As a player, yeah. his entire life's there. So, I mean, what do you want? You, you have to look at how ambitious you are. Does he go to Arsenal? And I think we've been for like Alex said. But I imagine think he, going he, to he Arsenal. Probably, he probably gets on on the shortlist more yeah. often than we expect, and more often than the media find out. But the thing is, Eddie Howe, he's going to be. He's always going to be third or fourth choice because of the way that Bournemouth, the reputation that Bournemouth have as a club. Um, if he's going to get a top top four job, 
he would have to go to a top six club first, but I don't see him taking the risk because he has, you know, he seems to have a good level of control at Bournemouth. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he signed every single player in that dressing room. I think that once you get that level of status where, and actually Eddie Howe's one of the few managers that I think could sustain like a poor run. If, if, say, if Bournemouth went like eight games without winning or submit that sort of run, I think Eddie Howe has got enough authority there that he could probably hold that out he wouldn't get that if he went to an Everton or a West Ham I think as a new manager it'd be, I think it'd be but, such but, a different cultural change from a different club as well but I don't see any top four club going for him I don't think Arsenal fans would or top, sort of top six club I don't see I don't think Arsenal fans would take him I think Liverpool they, they did that before with Brendan Rodgers they did it with Roy Hudson but that's why I asked I is that his really level because Sean Dyche the same it's just like oh we could get Sean Dyche but oh, he's a Burnley I think, manager I mean is it is it they are just good at what they're good at, and that's not being disrespectful to them. But is that I, I why? Think Everton, I think the Everton fans last time there was talk of Sean Dyche going to Everton. I think there's quite a, a big desire for him to have to get Sean Dyche. But I think you see, I think sometimes for chairman and and director, whoever makes the decisions at whatever club, sometimes they want someone who's a flashy name. So for me, someone like Marco Silva. He seems more yeah. you know what I mean. He sounds more flamboyant than yeah, Sean Dyche. If, if Sean Dyche was called Sergio, I think we'd look at him completely differently. And I, th- I think there is the fact that he's got, you know, the accent that he's got, and the, because he plays for Burnley, and the way that we see Burnley as a town and as a club in this country, I think it's hard to build momentum. And you, you feel that if, you know, if, if a top six club went, we're, we're going to bring in. If, if Arsenal went, he's a proven Premier League manager. He's outperformed with the budget he's got every single season consistently he's taken you know as Burnley a club with a championship budget into Europe uh, Arsenal fans would still go oh bloody I'm not the Burnley manager and it's like yeah. uh, you know and to an extent Arsenal probably should be a little bit more ambitious than because they can attract top European talent yeah. but also I think if the, the, Marco we started the podcast this way Marco Silva gets jobs because he can talk his way into it if he was called Mark Smith Welcome to the Championship, Mark Smith. So, I mean, like, there's no way you get another Premier League job. But I can see Marcus ever getting another Premier League job. I can see uh, he's not been to Newcastle yet. That's an inevitability. <laughs> in I can see Marco Silva at Newcastle. Uh, Palace, they, they love a merry-go-round manager, don't they? Like, I just think it, it's one of those where, yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, if Kike Flores was called, like, Chris Flowers, Flowers, Chris <laughs> Flowers. That nice safe. Uh, like, like I don't think I think there is a culture that we want like a sexy accent. I think and Sean. What are you Dash. To say about, what are you trying to say about Sean Dyche's accent? I'm saying me and Sean Dyche have a very similar accent. We've got to stick together. <laughs> uh, well, like that... Sean Dyche right now is in a back room of our pub campaigning for me to get my own show on the BBC. <laughs> but they're saying if that Alex Hilton didn't sound yeah. like yeah. he smokes fifty a day, and you're on your way to change your name to Alexis by deed poll. Yeah, yeah, you'd be all right. Um, the things about Bournemouth now, dead quick, is that I do worry that if Eddie Howe did leave, where that would leave them. Because I, d- I don't think they'd last very long in the I Premier mean, League. Yeah, like I say again, it's who do you go and get? That's the thing. Um, must be something about living in Bournemouth because Harry Redknapp couldn't ever leave, could he? <laughs> He's always commute. I've got a commute. Got a commute, Sandra. Got a commute. Um, what about Burnley then? They lost 2 0 to Crystal Palace, a battle of Dash two out. mid-table giants between those two. No, no disrespect, but Crystal Palace, uh, who started the season very well indeed, just keep picking up results like Crystal Palace do. Burnley again, they've lost this one, but. Then they're not going to lose every game between now and the end of the season. They'll go and beat someone. Yeah, I mean, I think probably all four of us are expecting to finish about whereabouts they are in the in the league at the moment, sort of plodding along. Uh, just just talk about Sean Dyche. I think his his moment to leave um, Burnley. He should if if the opportunity was to go when they got to Europe. 
because the following season he had a really, really, really struggled. So for me, yeah. I, I, that's when I probably would have left there. Um, but yeah, it's more of the same. Palace and Palace and Burnley were winning drop points throughout the season. They probably finished about tenth and ninth. Pa- 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 Palace sort of fell off a little bit. Um, it'd be interesting to see if there's any transfer rumours for Zaha uh, come January. Mm. Yeah. After he handed in a transfer yeah. request in the summer, you can see him being someone like the, the new Arsenal manager wants to bring in, or if Ericsson leaves Spurs, I think there'll be that argument yeah. as well. Mm. Wolves against Sheffield United, two teams that could have gone fifth had they won this game. It finished 1 1. You're shaking your head, Adam. It's almost an unbelievable thing to say. Isn't Crazy. It? I mean, Sheffield United, what a season they're having so yeah. far. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, again, and Chris Wilder was another one that's been mentioned for, you know, another job. job. If, Massive fan of Wilder. You know, if, if one of those jobs came up, if the Everton job, you know, if that's a, would someone like Chris, they won't want him. They want, they want, yeah. they want someone, who, again, to go have. Look, Chris Wilder, he's doing things for Sheffield United are unthinkable. Like, there's some of the, some that, of the, some of the, some of the style of play that they've brought in this season and it's clearly working right I've got a theory here. let's start it on this podcast everyone listening we'll start let's put an accent on that e. let's cut let's start calling him Christoph Wildair I'm saying <laughs> it right <laughs> right I'm, I'm gonna prove it works at the World Cup Kieran Trippier I don't know who started it. I think it was ITV so I call him Kieran Trippier and all of a sudden I feel like I'm a dredge. He's killing it. <laughs> Kieran Trippier, it works. Kieran Trippier, nowhere near, nowhere near La Liga. Kieran Trippier, oh, <laughs> in free kicks and semi-finals, people loving him. Christoph Wilder, oh, it'll be great, Everton. Well, <laughs> but Nuno as well is being linked with Arsenal. Uh, you know, the, would, but I, again, it'd be, it'd be senseless to, for me for, to go from Wolves to Arsenal. Crazy. Yeah. Why? Why would he leave? What a good. Turnaround, it's been for Wolves, so after a shaky start. Um, everyone was saying, oh, they can't deal with Premier League and Europa League at the same time, but they've done it, and oh. they're in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, do you know, they did have a bit of a bad start, and people put it down to, to Europe and, you know, the, oh, will the squad be able to take the strain of, you know, an increased amount of games? Because we've seen in the past the, so, the, the sort of the lesser teams that had got into those European competitions, like Burnley, remember yeah, you Burnley, said before, yeah. and the following season they didn't do very well. So, yeah, for Wolves... Um, I never, I never doubted it because I know they have the quality, and I think he's a really good manager. He's and Molyneux looks like he's been rocking in those European nights. Yeah. They, they're proper because Burnley didn't even make the group stage; they went out in the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah. Like, um, they got Aberdeen. Aberdeen, yeah. yeah. And it's like uh, that's the difference. Aberdeen will, will absolutely respect. <laughs> will absolutely respect what European football can do as a Scottish team and the money that brings in. And, and you know, it's the biggest game of the season. Burnley playing the reserves and not treating European football with any respect as opposed to Wolves that have embraced it and I think Nuno probably understands that that is how you get a massive job is that you make uh, yourself known in Europe because also he isn't just committed to Premier League he can manage anywhere in Europe and I think um, Unai Emery shows winning the Europa League with Sevilla got him the PSG job it got him a huge yeah. huge job yeah. I think that's that's Nuno's way in uh, Nuno well, could jump at the Arsenal job Portugal, but, aren't they, but, really? but, but Nuno's um, Nuno's reputation is, is like his stock is so high, he doesn't have to jump at the Arsenal job. He can wait until a more stable job. Say, you know, say Guardiola leaves City at the end of the season or the, at the end of next season. Like, I think Nuno will be within a shout. He's, he's done a massive job at Wolves. He's sure he can work with a budget and buy well. Uh, I think there'll be jobs all over Europe, you know, and he doesn't have to jump just yet. Yeah, why, why would you go to a club that so badly ran as as Arsenal, make him a harder life for yourself? I, I, I think he's a fantastic manager. He talks so, such a good game as well, doesn't he, off, mm-hmm. off the pitch. Uh, I, th- I think they'll be quite a force in, in Europe later on the stages. They've only lost two this season yeah. as well, which is, you kind of, they've drawn a lot of games, but you forget that. It, you know, it was only those two that hadn't won a game. It was between Watford and Wolves, the two teams at the start of the season that hadn't won a game. And then Wolves obviously eventually won. But I mean, to think back then, it was a while 
since they won their first yeah, yeah. game and now where they are you know that they've done a really good job um let's take a quick rundown of the final premier league table after this weekend's action liverpool uh, sit alone at the top of the Premier League table, eight points clear of Leicester City on 40 points. Leicester in second have 32. Manchester City on 29 and Chelsea comprise the rest of the top four on 26 points. Tottenham Hotspur, who were 13th or 14th when Jose Mourinho took over, are now in fifth place on 20 points. Two games! Two games! You're only two games away! <laughs> <laughs> they I said it before, I'll say it again. If they lose the next three, they'll be in the relegation zone. <laughs> well, sounds of it. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers in sixth, Sheffield United in seventh. Both sides continuing their fine starts to the season. Arsenal and Manchester United in 8th and ninth, respectively. Burnley complete the rest of the top half. The bottom half reads as follows. Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, West Ham up to 13th after their win. Newcastle, Aston Villa, Brighton. Everton in 17th, just two points and one place above the relegation zone, which is Harvard of Southampton, Norwich City and Watford. So that's the Premier League table. Topsy-turvy as always. But uh, another exciting weekend of Premier League action. Maybe the next time we have you on, Alex, Norwich might be uh, in sixth place. Only time will tell. Maybe City will be back in the title race. Anything can happen this year. (laughs) I think Norwich are more likely to be in sixth. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of today's episode of Football Social Daily. This is the Premier League Review Show. Thanks very much to Alex, to Adam, to David for, uh, for being part of the show today. I've been Niall. Don't forget to hit subscribe. You'll never miss another episode again. We'll be back with more for you tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.